Today's episode is brought to you by Bloody Buddy. Yep, that's right. We're going to talk about menstrual cups. Have you ever tried a menstrual cup? Well, I have. I'm here to say that I have. And I love it. I love my Bloody Buddy cup. The Bloody Buddy cup is a reusable menstrual cup that uses the highest grade of medical silicone. It's easy to insert, easy to remove, and completely comfortable. Although there have been a few pregnancies in between, I've been using the Bloody Buddy cup for about like three years now, and it has given me period freedom. It's changed my life completely. And you might be thinking, Mary, that sounds like super dramatic. That sounds like you're exaggerating. No, it is completely life-changing to have your period and not be thinking about it. It's completely life-changing to have your period and not have to run to the bathroom every three hours to change a pad or a tampon. Unlike pads and tampons you have to change once every three to four hours, you can keep your bloody buddy in for up to 12 hours. So not only will you be saving yourself so much time by not excusing yourself all day to go change your pad or your tampon and so much money by not having to run to the store every month to go grab whatever you need, you'll also be doing the environment a serious solid by cutting down on all that waste because your bloody buddy can be used for 10 freaking years. 10 years. And if you've tried other cups in the past and had some issues with them, we'll have no fear. The Bloody Buddy Cup is different, I promise you. It is perfect for beginners as well as seasoned menstrual cup users. What makes the Bloody Buddy Cup different from all the other cups on the market is it's easy to open design. It has patent pending, wavy grips at the bottom, a pincher bulb at the bottom of the cup to help you with, you know, easy removal when it comes time to change your cup out. And of course, it comes in a bunch of super cute colors, which is, you know, very important, very important for a menstrual cup. So go to bloodybuddycup.com, use their size guide, pick out a cute color for your cup, and enjoy the period freedom. And you can use our code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your purchase. Again, that's code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your purchase at bloodybuddycup.com. All right, now enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. I'm Mary. It's just me today. I don't have a guest, and that's okay, because it's like almost 11 p.m., and I'm in my closet, and we're just going to go for it. I, I haven't made an episode in like two weeks. I took last week off because of, you know, Thanksgiving and whatnot. And I feel like I've been like MIA, which is, I think, what every influencer I follow has been saying in their stories lately. Like they all like logged on around like Sunday night, Monday morning, and they were like, guys, I feel like it's been so long. I haven't talked to you in so long. Um, So that's how I feel right now. But yeah, a holiday happened. And luckily for all of us, not that much celebrity news happened, you know? But I'm here today, um, a little bit later in the show, we are going to go over the top eight influencer moments of 2021. This month in December, I have kind of like a modified um, show schedule. We're going to be releasing episodes every Wednesday rather than every Tuesday, just because that's how like my month is you know, shaken out. Uh, I couldn't record an episode last night. Next week I'm going to Disneyland. Um, and I'm like getting back on Tuesday. You don't need to know my agenda. Anyway, all you need to know is that there's going to be an episode for you to listen to every Wednesday. So I thought that to celebrate the end of 2021, I would celebrate in the best way that I, that I know and enjoy, which is to make, um, power rankings and lists. It's my favorite time of every year when the like top 100 songs of 20 whatever comes out and like the the top reality moments and all this stuff. I live for lists, which makes me, I don't know. I was going to say like, that makes me so dorky, but does it? 
Is it dorky to like enjoy things? I don't know. Anyway, but I like lists. So I thought that every episode this um this month we would come up with a new 2021 list. And today I decided to um gather up and uh take a walk down memory lane and think of the top eight influencer moments of 2021. Um and before we get started with that, just wanted to talk about a couple things, you know, pop culture wise. Number one, Adele announced her residency this morning. I'm very excited. We've known that an Adele residency has like been on the horizon for a long time. She like it's always been in the rumor mill for a while. It was going to be at the win. If you guys don't know, I live in Las Vegas, so maybe I've been like a little bit more tuned in, but for a while, it was going to be at the win, but now today she announced that it's going to be at Caesars and they haven't announced the prices yet. Don't worry, by the way, if you've like gone on to see how much it costs and you're like, what the heck? It's like $3,000. No way. All of these like ticket resellers have made like placeholder tickets. So then like right when they go live, then they could like change the price to what they're going to resell them to. But the rumor is, is that the tickets are starting at $85 and then going all the way up, of course, to like the $3,000 range. So if you would like to take me to Adele, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Um, but if you want to just take yourself to Adele, tickets go on sale next week. Speaking of Adele, I talked about it a little bit on Instagram last week. And you know what? More people than I had anticipated agreed with me. Guys, I don't love 30. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. Every time a Taylor Swift album comes out, it takes me a little bit. It takes me a little bit to get into it. And I'm always like, oh, all these songs sound the same. I don't know if I like it. And then after like three or four listens, I find my faves. I love it. And then I explore that album for literally, typically like two years, you know? Um, I think I've listened to Adele's album like seven or eight times so far. I like OMG. There's this other one that I really like, but now I can't even think of the name. Anyway, but like really like is relative term because as I'm listening to it, I'm kind of like, it feels like a chore. I'm still just like not hooked. And I think I'm, I'm kind of giving up on it. There's so many other Adele songs that like I really, really love. But every time I listen to it, I'm like, I'd rather be listening to Phoebe. Rather be listening to Red Taylor's version. Even though Red Taylor's version, even that is like already getting a little like overplayed for me. I don't know. I'm just a hard gallo, please. What can I say? What can I say? Um, anyway, those are my current Adele thoughts and happenings. Next up, I just want to talk about House of Gucci. I went and I saw it last night. I did attempt to see it last week, like last Thursday night or Tuesday night. Yeah, I guess like a week from today. Um, a week ago, whatever. It doesn't matter. I went, I saw the first hour of it and then, um, I had to leave, like I had to go home. So I was finally able to go back and go rewatch it last night. Guys, it's really good. It is a campy soap opera and it is, if you go into it expecting that, it's perfect. To the people that say that they like can't get past the accents. It's okay. You could admit that you don't have an imagination and that you don't like fun things. You could just come out and say it. You don't have to be like, oh no, like the accent was a little Russian. It was a little Transylvanian or something. It, 
It's a bunch of Americans playing Italians, and they're all there just to have fun. So you should just be there just to have fun. If you just give yourself to the experience and you know that the accents are going to kind of be all over the place. But I got the impression the entire time that every single actor there was in on the joke. No matter how ridiculous they were being. Adam Driver, a man that I don't think has ever said a joke once in his life. Even he, like, even there was an element of him just because, like, he's so huge and goofy looking and like in a good way though because he's incredibly handsome and just like the things that he was doing the whole time the impression that I got was they're all in on it and this is not a bad movie this is a campy funny like not like haha hilarious but this is like a campy good movie with prime acting I was listening to the um, the Big Picture podcast about House of Gucci and the co-host on there, Chris Ryan, he was talking about how he goes to action movies sometimes just to sit down and see the explosions. And in this movie, he sat down to see the explosions and the explosions were the acting. Like, because each character kind of had like their big moment and like their big like, you know, tour de force capital A acting moment. And it's just, it's candy. It was so good. It was so good. And my most fervent hope in the world is that it gets some kind of Oscar nomination recognition. Not even saying that it's like one of the best movies of the year, but the Oscars needs it. And we as a society need another Lady Gaga Oscar press run. Remember how good that was when her and Bradley Cooper were like just doing all the things all the things to get them this Oscar it didn't work for either of them but it was a great ride that's what we need so I don't care who has to get bumped as long as it's no one that I like really care about I don't care who it is as long as it's no one that I care about bump them put House of Gucci in and that's what we need. I still haven't seen Belfast, but that's been like my mission for the week. But also like, when will I have the time? Who knows? But Belfast is supposed to be like the number one Oscar contender right now. And I really want to see it because also Katrina Belf and uh, Jamie Dornan are both two extremely hot people. And uh, it just, it, it seems, it seems like a good time. Anyway, without any further ado, I think it's time to talk about the influencers. Let me just preface by saying, for multiple reasons, I've never wanted my influencer portions of the I Just Want to Chat podcast to be, like, snark-filled. I am a somebody. I am a somebody. I am somebody who I would like to believe that I give people the benefit of the doubt, and I you know, forgive and I accept apologies and sometimes maybe a little too easily, you know, but I don't want to drag anybody through the mud. And so I will preface like when things on this list have been like apologized for, and this is just a historical record. Okay. I'm, I'm not like girl gangs. I'm not gomi. I'm just here to read the historical record, the official I just want to chat 
official record of the top eight influencer scandals of 2021. Um, but I wanted to start off with an honorable mention. I wanted to put her in on the list and then every time I try to put it somewhere, it didn't really fit. But I wanted to just give a quick shout out to Emily Susan Kim, or what is she on TikTok? M doodles and stuff, I think. Um, she revolutionized the influencer game this year with the baby name TikToks. She's friend of the pod, you know, love her, love her so much. And, uh, she deserves the most honorable mention with the highest honors, um, from the I Just Want to Chat podcast. So an overarching honorable mention to the influencer baby name predictions. And also like how she like shed light on the Hawaii thing, which we will get to. We will get to the BYU Hawaii influencers. Anyway, let's just get started and let's start things off with a bang. And by a bang, I mean a buzz. Let's talk about the Turtle Creek Lane vibrator scandal. And yes, yes, honestly, this should be higher up on the list, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let that joke pass me by when I came up with it earlier. What a time to be alive. It happened on January 4th of 2021. So the very first influencer scandal that I could recall was this. Let me refresh everybody's memory. Turtle Creek Lane. We know her. We're all fascinated by her. I I think she's a pretty um, morally neutral force online. Like, I think that the people that follow her, it's like, it's not a bird a la mode situation where you know that most of it is hate following and most of it's like, what in the world is she doing? But also none of it, like, I don't think she has huge fans, you know? I don't think that she has, like, a big, like, stan community, Turtle Creek Lane. But I think she just has, how many followers does she have? Like, 400,000 or something like that? Let me check. She just has that many people just gawking. Like, that's why everybody is there. They're there to go, what is happening? Who is this woman? Okay, she has close to 700,000. She must have gained 300,000 in this last year. But people follow to go, what's going on? I just clicked on her profile. That's why Felice Navidad was starting. Oops. Um, she has a pinata room in her house right now. That's cool. But anyway, everyone's following her just to see what's going to go on. This year was a big year for her. She became a grandma. She had tons of content. Probably, again, gained about 300,000 followers. But on January 4th, 2021, something happened. She was filming an Instagram story. She is a product shilling queen. Product shilling queen. Good on her. You know? Respect the hustle. She was filming a something. An Instagram story series. And in the background, you were able to spot a, a vibrator. A, vib a vibrator wand just just in the back not um not hidden just laying there in plain sight she claims that she didn't see it and that's that's kind of like what's tricky now because people people do crazy engagement grabs all the time you know i would say six out of ten times when one of your favorite influencers makes like a weird glaring typo or something it's just to up the engagement for that day. They have a sponsored post coming up on their like static feed. 
they want to make sure that it, it gets up to the top because there's an affiliate code attached to it. They do a, a typo in their stories. Everyone goes, haha, you wrote this or oops, typo. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just a crazy grammar person. I have to let you know that, that you wrote the wrong kind of your or whatever. Because they'll, they'll get hundreds of comments like that. So it could have been something like that. I lean towards innocent mistake. Not so innocent mistake. Haha. Um, I lean towards innocent mistake when it comes to the Turtle Creek Lane vibrator. Vibrator of it all. But she did have the last laugh. Want to know why? Because slides over. She said that she got the most DMs that she's ever gotten in her entire Instagramming career on this day. People were asking for the link to the vibrator. And she said, ask and ye shall receive. Merry late Christmas. Merry belated Christmas. It's January 4th. Swipe up on my Walmart, which like, who knew that Walmart sells that kind of stuff? Swipe up on my Walmart link, affiliate link to this. I would estimate knowing, knowing what I know about the influencer space and commissions and whatnot and what have you. Just because it's public knowledge, anybody could look it up on reward style commission payout amounts. I did a little bit of research on walmart.com. I would estimate that she probably made because she sold it out and you could tell how much, um, I remember seeing a story that said like, this is how much inventory like Walmart had. She completely sold them out of these vibrators. She had to have made at least $12,000. At least $12,000. And that's conservative. I'm saying that that's a conservative amount. It was like a $60 vibrator, I think, that she was accidentally promoting. And yeah, I'm going to say she made at least $12,000. So anyway, congrats, Turtle Creek Lane. What a way to start a year and what a way to start a countdown. Number seven. Um, this is another one that I kind of forgot about. And then when I went searching for it, I was like, let me make sure. Um, because I was going to make a whole number about influencers responding to the January 6th insurrection. But then I just decided that I didn't like really want to get into it. And, and you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had the proof, the receipts, the, the wherewithal, the, um, the knowledge basically to report on like who reacted what and whether or not how they reacted was justified, you know, like I couldn't really be the judge of that. But as I was thinking along those lines, a light bulb went off and I remembered the taking care of babies scandal. This happened on January. Um, let me check here. January 21st. Okay. Started on January 19th. Her, Statement came on January 22nd. Taking Care of Babies, if you are unfamiliar, she is a influencer sleep coach. She has these sleep programs that a lot of people swear by, but really it's just like the, what's called the Ferber method. It's just, it's, it's glorified cried out, which totally works for some people. I've never had to use like any of her things, but I'm like not like a scheduled regimented kind of mom or really person in general. People swear by her stuff. Her courses are expensive. And side note, when you buy her course, you don't have it. But like you, like you're essentially renting it. Like it's a blockbuster. You buy it and then it, like the link expires in like seven months or something. 
because you buy it in like the bundle saying like, okay, how old is your kid? Oh, newborn to like seven months old, buy this bundle. Oh, your kid is like seven months old to like 18 months old, buy this bundle. I'm making up the numbers right now. I'm sure she has like many more different courses to milk money out of people. But and then once that time period ends, the link expires and you don't have it anymore. Isn't that insane? Because to me, if I'm spending $120 for somebody to say, hey, as long as your kids' needs are met, you know, put them on a schedule. If they're crying a little bit, they'll figure it out. You know, um, make, make sure you have like a good bedtime routine. If I'm paying $120 for somebody to tell me that, I want to own that material so then I could use it for my next kids. But she or her company, the, the, the courses expire and then you have to rebuy it for your next kid. Isn't that insane? That is insane to me. Maybe it's not to other people, but to me it's wild. Anyway, back during this time, um, post January 6th, the, um, I don't know if you would call her influencer. She is married to the host of, um, the Pod Save America podcast, John Favreau. Her name is Emily Favreau, and she might have a podcast and she might have a platform herself, and I just don't know about it. Um, so forgive me if I'm mislabeling. And I only said wife of for context. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, she is a mom, and I think that she had the Taking Care of Babies course. Somebody sent in and said, hey, Taking Care of Babies, her company and herself and her husband have donated to Trump, um, to the Trump campaign. She shared that information. People got extremely angry and then people were angry at the people who were angry and blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was a big scandal. Her mentions were all turned off. Her comments were turned off. She made in her first initial statement, she said, when your baby is up in the middle of the night and you're exhausted, that's the most important thing in your world. Not who's in the White House. Um, for me, helping babies sleep is more important than debating politics. So... Annoying. An annoying first, first response, right? Um, so then I went digging because I remember that her response video was just wild. I went digging. She wiped everything. She wiped the apology. She wiped anything mentioning it. Comments are gone. Um, like after she had turned her comments back on, like, of course, there was a ton of negative stuff on there. Negative comments gone. Like she has cleaned house. And again, I'm sure it's not her. I'm sure it's her social media coordinator. Um, who unfortunately had to wade through all of those waters. Um, but I was able to find like a written transcript of like half of her statement and then a weird screen record that somebody like recorded from their phone from a desktop. So, um, let me just do a quick reading. Um, but so here's her like final statement. Like this, this is the last I'll say about it. She goes, and this is my best taking care bearer taking care of baby's voice. You're still here and I'm so glad. Thank you for standing by me. I want you to know as long as I have, as long as I still have one follower left and breath in my lungs, I will keep showing up here. I need you to know this also. It doesn't matter who you are, what you believe, who you love, what color your skin or who you voted for or where you are from, 
you are welcome here. You are loved and deserve to thrive in parenthood. Here are three tips. So then she takes her like little like overly sincere voice and then she goes, so here are three tips to help your baby sleep at night because she knew that the eyeballs were on her. So she's like, here, let me make my statement because everybody was writing this up. She had like a cut, the cut article, BuzzFeed, our girl, Stephanie McNeil. She like, she wrote up a, a something about it. It was being picked up kind of everywhere because everyone's like, why are all these people mad at this like one mommy blogger? So she flipped her apology around and was like, here are three tips that you need to, um, to help your baby sleep. And then at the end of her three tips, she finished by saying this. I'm sorry. I'm like trying to like find my spot. Oh my goodness. I don't know how to read. I'm going to turn on mentions now. It's been off for a few days. And then this is the part that like enrages me. And it's like, it's so wild. If you need to use my name to get all of the hate out of your heart so you can love other people, do it. But if you want to use my name for spreading love, I want that too. I truly believe if we sat down eye to eye, you'd find so much more that unites us than divides us. And then she ends with like a thank you for being here, whatever. Long story short, I hate it. I hate it all. Um, I don't like the business model. I don't like the, you could have my sleeping course. That's like extremely expensive, but by the next time you have a baby, you're going to have to pay for it again or else you'll never sleep in your whole entire life. Um, I don't like the preying on sleepy moms and I don't like, uh, the, the Trump of it all. Um, but mainly I don't like the, um, if you need to use my name to get all of the hate out of your heart, like flipping it around. Don't like that. Do not like that. Anyway, so that was number seven, the taking care of baby scandal. And again, to, um, to jump forward to today, it's all wiped. It literally, it's as if it never happened on her page. I like looked on her website to see if she had her statement posted anywhere there. There was no evidence of anything. It used to be like an IGTV. It used to be a highlight. Gone. It's all gone. Um, so you're just going to have to kind of take my word for it. Just kidding. If you Google taking care of baby scandal, you'll find a plethora of, uh, of things, of things, of links to look at. Um, number six, I just wanted to, uh, briefly shout out the BYU Hawaii influencer saga. Um, we've talked about this on two episodes before, so I won't get too deep into it, but this year, um, as the citizens of Hawaii have been literally begging people to stop visiting them, um, especially like early before like vaccination was widespread. Um, I think things have like calmed down now, but you know, in March, April, etc., when they were like just reopening, um, in their lands, like couldn't hold the people a lot like the, the tourism, you know, and they were worried about the, the safety of their island during a global pandemic. A lot of the attention turned online to the infamous Hawaii, BYU, Hawaii influencers. You know them, you love them or hate them. They are 
married to seemingly identical men. Um, they all get pregnant, pregnant together. They have like pregnancy packs and I like, and I mean, I'm sure they're not pregnancy packs. Their children are spaced in the, in a typical way, you know, as like an LDS person myself, I'm very familiar with the every two year model of children. So I, when I say pregnancy packed, it, it just, it seems that way online because they really lean into the, we got pregnant all together. Me and all my best friends got pregnant thing. And yet again, my most toxic trait in the world is the fact that whenever an influencer is pregnant with a boy, in my mind, an angel gains its wings. Every influencer, for the most part, is probably more than likely hoping for a girl. Girls are just a lot more lucrative online. Sponsorship-wise, affiliate-wise, think about, like, all the things that you get to do when you're a hashtag girl mom, you know, as an influencer. Mommy and me, Courtney Jean swimsuits and little poppy bow hair bow things and just, in general, baby girls get more likes than baby boys and more people care about what baby girls are named and all this stuff. And I know that that all sounds horrible, but I'm just here saying, saying the truth, saying some facts, you know? Um, but so they, they all basically have been just having boy after boy after boy. But anyway, so the attention kind of turned on them this year, um, because they were kind of promoting people to come to Hawaii through their lifestyle, whether or not that was intentional on their part or not, because I believe that to them, they were just selling their lifestyle, but it wasn't a, Hey, come be like us kind of thing, but that's how many people interpreted it. Um, but then it came out, uh, like the truth came out about their living situations and how they're able to take advantage of the subsidized housing situation at BYU, Idaho or BYU, Hawaii, definitely not Idaho. None of, none of them are going to BYU Rexburg. That's if I accidentally said Idaho multiple times through this podcast, please, please forgive me. Um, but there was a video made by a, another influencer male. I don't even think we could call him an influencer, but just like a content creator, like a, a dude with a drone. I think that's what it boils down to. Um, who was very familiar with like how BYU Hawaii works and how people from other islands like Tonga and like other like Pacific islands come over and they're on like these strict, um, these strict rules and regulations about you cannot stay right like after you graduate. You have to graduate as soon as possible. If you stay after a little bit longer, then you're going to have to pay back all this money that your tuition was subsidized with and stuff. But then all these Hawaiian influencers who are making, they're each making half a million a year. They're each making, the conservative side, I'm going to put them at 400000 a year. They're still able to live in the BYU-Hawaii subsidized housing, and they're still able to um, get the subsidized tuition. And there's no stipulations for them being just like white people from America. There's no stipulations for them for staying at BYU-Hawaii for as long as they want to, because a lot of them have been taking like a, they'll do a semester, their husband will do a semester. They'll do a semester, their husband will do a semester. So then they could extend their... Um, their time at BYU living in this cheap housing, living the Hawaii dream. And again, is it really 
their fault? No. No. Like, are they the ones that designed the system to, uh, that's, you know, fair for them, but not fair for these other people from, like, the other islands? No, that's not their fault, you know? But what it prompted was a lot of backlash to them and a lot of people demanding that they speak out about people coming to Hawaii and how they are treating the lands and, and what they're giving back to their communities. So then we did see kind of like a ripple effect follow um, that guy's video and all of them put out seemingly identical uh, posts about like, if you come to Hawaii, here's some tips. Don't leave your trash on the beach. Don't, uh, don't like wear like bad sunscreen when you're snorkeling in the reefs. Use some reef safe sunscreen. If you, if you're uh, infected with COVID-19, don't come, you know? So those were kind of like the responses to this. And a lot of them did acknowledge that, uh, Hawaii was stolen land. So that's very good. But, um, at, at the end of the day, it shook out to be nothing. But in the heat of the moment, there was a testy two weeks there um, in the beginning of the summer where tensions were high um, and the Hawaii influencers were under some some heat. So anyway, I, um, I just wanted to put that as number six. Number five, we have Champagne and Chanel's wedding. I must admit, I must come on here and admit that I am, um, I'm not huge in the, uh, like the Southern Bell influencer hive. I have somehow, like, I'm so laser beam focused on, like, Utah influencers where I, you know, I haven't been able to open up my heart to them as I should, but I was aware that there was a royal influencer wedding that happened this summer. Or when I say the summer, I mean early fall. I think it was the beginning of October. Yes, begin, beginning of October. There was an influencer mega wedding. The bridesmaids. It was a black tie wedding. The bridesmaids were all all of our fave Southern influencers. Uh, you know, like Danny Austin was there. I sound like that clip of um of Jacob Black. Have you guys seen that one like circulating around? It's like Jacob Black talking to Bella in New Moon, and he's like, you've been lying to everyone, Charlie. And then he has, like, nobody else to say. And I'm like, all of our favorite influencers were there. Danny Austin was there. And that's, like, the only name I can come up with. And really, this probably doesn't seem number five worthy based on the fact that, like, I have nothing really to say about it. And there was, like, nothing problematic about it. It was just the influx of content that came from this one wedding. The girl looked beautiful. This was a dream wedding. Her dress, I will, I will share it tomorrow in, um, in my Instagram stories, the dress insane, the floral. It's, I do love to just look through this wedding and guess how much money the wedding cost. The floral alone, I'm going to put at $25,000. And that's me not really knowing that much about how much weddings cost, but I'm going to put the floral. You know what? The more I look at it, I'm putting the floral at 30,000. I'm putting the th- the floral at thirty thousand. There's there were pyrotechnics, there were vintage cars, there was a huge bridal party, there was um, you know, like a full, very like fancy meal. 
huge bar and like and it looked like they partied like well 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 into the night anyway just a glamorous 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 wedding um remember how i was like freaking out about ivy getty's wedding a couple weeks ago this is like the influencer version of that i don't think it gets much better than that there is a wedding video on her page and it's definitely like worth a watch um so again nothing problematic about this wedding but it was just a moment in time where there was a lot of posting and again i didn't even follow that many but I'm in multiple Facebook groups about bloggers, and um, this was this was an iconic, iconic time. Um, lots, lots, and lots of content. Anyway, so that was number five. Um, number four was uh, Daryl and Dennard's Denner's uh, COVID scandal, um, and I'm just gonna give a brief overview about this because yet again, she's another influencer that is not in my sphere but I know of her and this one did kind of make like national news so influencer influencer Daryl Ann Denner which by the way what a consonant and yet vowel heavy name Daryl Ann Denner I mean you can't I was about to say you can't pick what your last name is but I guess you can when you get married to somebody um Daryl Ann Denner she was allegedly, and again, I'm not in her hive, so forgive me if this is false reporting, but I read everything I could about it, and Stephanie McNeil, again, my 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 fave journalist in the influencer space, Steph McNeil, she um, also did like a ton of digging, and she's like, many have said that she's anti-vax, many have said that she's like anti-COVID, science, etc., anti-masks. Um, she, but like Stephanie couldn't find anything solid to back that up, but I'm just going to go off of the thousands of people who have said it. Right. Um, unfortunately her mom contracted COVID, but which, ah, yes, you great, know, very great sad and she was hospitalized. It was literally go back and listen to what I said. Everything moments turned before. out to be better. Um, but what um, I was saying was Daryl was but very, like, put together spoken about her mom's struggle with COVID. Of Daryl's mom having Christian COVID. Woman, and she was on there trying to gather it prayers. really matched up to be but also it was her like, getting diagnosed. Hey, also, weren't you just And then her mom going to California. And, like, it doesn't really seem like you've really been, on board with this mask thing. Parading around California. Meeting fans. This case of COVID, which she Daryl and Denner, she has, like, it did make followers. actual like national her mom news has like was 150k followers um, there was a blurb about there it were on reports of america like, yeah and um, this is a picture i took with her a just, couple days ago it made and then she's more, claiming that her mom like more news than the typical like, got her positive test before going to california influencer like like the timeline or influencer set it up she as makes. she was so anyway gallivanting that spreading was around. number four with and then daryl and denner's unfortunately ended up in the hospital again i'm sure she has a daryl and on this I'm podcast to refer to her as daryl and denner's truthfully the only thing i really know uh, about this woman uh, is that she really loves a good diet coke which i again thankfully I she's it. better i get it number three and she would go to like chick-fil-a every single day oh, and get like three. a ton of the styrofoam cups and put them in her refrigerator which we have is a, a bad idea because the second that they can do the honestly, diet coke the timer starts you know like the bubbles 
the, the most fizziness, horrible, the heinous things that the LeBrant family Every minute has done that it's not in your mouth, the burn on, factor like on goes the internet. Down and, and down, I know right? a little bit ago, but I was then like, she just I'm not here to snark. Took it a step further. I'm not here and to like hate or whatever. When people say installed. sorry, I'm going to believe them when they the say sorry. And blah 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 blah. Um, not the LeBrant. No, no, I have no patience for it. Huge industrial pebbleized thing. And for that, I say, good on the LeBrant family. They are like a sweet little. But that being said, I don't know if it's Daryl or Daryl. The mom, Savannah, she had a baby. But where was I even? What was I even talking about before? Eighteen. She had it when she was younger. Let me go back and listen. Um, she was like no longer with the father. She got remarried to this, or not remarried. She got married for the first time to this man named Cole. Cole infamously um tweeted on their wedding night, "I'm no longer a virgin," with like a bunch of exclamation marks. Um, so that's. That that was strike one right there. Um, but then over the years, they've had kids. And as they've had kids, they've had scandals. Um, a couple, like, notable ones, you know, when there were a bunch of fires in their uh, community a couple years ago, they made a very clickbaity YouTube video talking about how they had to evacuate and the screen grab was like savannah looking like so heartbroken that her house was about to break down turns out the fire was like nowhere near them they didn't have to evacuate they didn't have to do anything um and what's important to remember about the LeBrant family is they're kind of one of the people online where like adults don't really follow them their target audience are like the teens like the preteens who like when you look at scientific data like when you look at like people who have analyzed the type of teenagers that love watching family vlogging, especially like young, pretty, like Christian people, um, or like these like people that got married really young and had like these cute babies and all this stuff. The like when you look at the data of the people who watch those videos, it's typically preteens and like young teenagers from broken families and from like less than ideal households and things and they're looking at these videos as basically like fantasy porn they're getting super invested in these families they feel like not only are they inspired to have this like for themselves someday they feel like they're literally a part of this thing because they're somehow lacking um somehow lacking this in their real life but anyway so that being said their following is really young. So when Savannah's posting things like, we had to evacuate our house. The fire got so close to our house. Everyone's like, whoa. Oh my goodness. That is horrible. Like, and girls were crying and like the comments were just horrific. So that was a, a big low, right? Wrong. They got, uh, they got even lower, uh, this year. This year, they started to tease that they were working on something very special. Um, they were working on something very special, and it had to do with uh, with cancer. And it was seeming like they had like adopted a family, and they were going to be doing some kind of thing. But then they posted a teaser in like a little uh, like screen grab clip before they released the documentary that they were going to release. And the title of the documentary was She Got Diagnosed with Cancer. She Got Diagnosed with Cancer was the title of the screen grab. And in the picture, it was 
their little family with their little two-year-old baby girl. And the little clip that they decided to show was their two-year-old baby girl at, like, some kind of doctor's appointment. And the title was, She Got Diagnosed with Cancer. They have 13 million followers. And they posted a screen grab of their two-year-old daughter saying she got diagnosed with cancer documentary. It's seriously, it's so bad. So they posted the thumbnail, they left the comments open, and then immediately the fans were going, are you guys okay? I'm so worried. What's going on? Who has cancer? I just saw the title of your upcoming video and I'm so concerned. And then there were people sending them, I'm crying, I am sick, I can't go to school. Um, it... That's emotional manipulation for money. That, that's what this boils down to. They emotionally manipulated young teens for money. And then they also, you know, how horrible for people who have had to deal with cancer in their lives to see like something like so trivialized, trivialized on uh, like just for like clickbait, you know? So long story short, the video starts and it's um, Cole and Savannah talking about their two-year-old daughter, Posey, which... We could talk about that a different time. Um, and how she had to visit the emergency room three times in her first year of life. And they talk about her getting IVs and x-rays and how it wasn't normal sick. Um, so then that's when uh, the word cancer comes up. Uh, Cole tells... I'm reading off of something right now. Um, Mama Mia, uh, dot com dot adu. That, that That's the source for what I'm reading right now. Um Cole tells how his anxiety fueled concerns that the toddler had developed the disease. I wasn't eating. I couldn't sleep. She had bruising on her legs like most kids do. But as you Google things, you can convince yourself. Savannah talks about carrying the weight of her husband's worry, about how she was assuring herself, everything's fine. It's not going to happen to us, which I feel like all parents say, you don't think it's going to happen to you. Then they talk about scans and blood tests, about recognizing that God was breaking our hearts for a reason, so they could do something, fight against childhood cancers. But it's not until more than six minutes into the effing video that 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 Posey did not have cancer. They drug people along for six minutes of this 40-minute video, um, making people think that Posey did have cancer. Because again, the screen grab was a picture of her, and then the title was she got diagnosed with, with cancer. Posey was not diagnosed with cancer, thank heavens. And luckily she wasn't ill at all. She was not sick at all. They were just clickbaiting cancer. Um, <sighs> oh my goodness. So they took that story and then they said, we were now prompted to visit with families who were affected with cancer. Um, and then they visited some parents, um, of sick children. And then, um, he gave one of them an envelope stuffed with like $10,000 in it, which that's nice. That's nice. But, uh, what the hell? What the actual hell? I probably should have honestly put this one first, but, but what comes number one is, uh, you know, more, more, more fun than a fake childhood cancer. So there we go. Number three, congratulations to the LeBrant family. You are gross. You're gross. Um, number two, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but again, it still rocks my world. 
Acacia Brindley signed off. Acacia Kersey, whatever you want to call her. Acacia Brindley signed off the internet for what she says is forever, but now she's back on Patreon, which make that money. I understand. But to quickly review, because we recently did an episode where we talked about the scandal, she had a issue. Issue is issue makes it sound like it wasn't something self-inflicted. She stole presets off of a Etsy preset creator. She got those presets sent to her for free, and then she marked them up, and she made like fifteen thousand dollars selling these dang preset things. People called her out on it. She owned up to it, and then she was like, "I'm signing off for a couple months." And then last month, she came on and she's just like, here's a deal. I've been on the internet like for more than half of my life, which is true. She's been on like since like she was like a young teenager. I've been an influencer for like more than half my life. I don't know how I'm going to really provide for my family. She has like three kids and a husband. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family, but the internet isn't like a good place for my mental health anymore. It's uh, It's making me sick. I can't be here anymore. So then she signed off and she did say on there like, I don't know... If I will be um, coming back, maybe I'll come back in some other capacity. I'm not sure. But then two weeks later, she came back with the Patreon. But that one really shook me because I think it signals, like, we got a little glimpse of this with Taza. Because, like, last year, after Taza, if we had done this last year, Taza and, like, the the RV gate probably would have been number one, right? Um, last year, when Taza had, like, the whole RV COVID thing happen, she she stepped back, Right? And then, like, Nini Dialogues, she stepped back this year. But even though, like, I feel like she's still posting frequently, you know? It signaled that the influencers that have been old-school influencers that we've had for a very long time, they have now gotten their coin. And when the going gets tough, and this isn't to victimize them, or not to victimize them. This isn't to uh, make their problems seem, like, trivial or whatever. Because it would be very hard to get negative feedback, even even if it was warranted, you know? Long story short, I don't blame these women for saying it's it's not worth it anymore to me. But with Acacia deleting her account and signing off, really just... I If I had a crystal ball, I would say that this is signaling the beginning of the... the it's okay to log off when is enough enough, people finding when enough is enough in the influencer world and then just signing off and then it will cue in this new era. So as like the Tazas and the Nini dialogues of the world are leaving, our new OGs are like Rachel Parcell, Cara Loren, Haley Devine. Those are our new, like Allison Cho signed off kind of, you know, like these people that were the OGs, there's a new era coming of OGs because the original OGs, and I'm not even, like, I wasn't around for blogspot days, really, you know? But those people have already signed off. But the OG Instagrammers are now signing off, ushering in a new era of OGs. And then so, like, our new people are, like, indie blue, right? Like, our new people are Fulham House. And, the, like, there's this new era of influencer coming. Um, and then two like influencer generations back we're going to see these people say you know what i've made an insane amount of money but they're all one cancellation away from saying i cannot do this anymore so anyway 
that is why I'm putting the Keisha Burnley scandal as number two. I might be the only person that cares about it as much as, as I do. Um, many people might not even put it on the list, but to me, what it signifies, like if somebody were, were to write like the history of influencing, um, this would be like its own chapter. Because I feel like somebody with 2 million followers stepping away is, is a, an exceptional event, you know? Anyway, so that was number two, Acacia Brinley. Acacia Kersey, whatever she wants to call herself now. <sighs> Drumroll, please! I was going to pound on my desk and then I remembered that you all have ears. And then I'm not trying to, like, drive anybody away from here. Number one. Who do you think it is? Say it with me. One, two, three. Schmerge Schmalish Mode. It's Bird Alamode. Mode. Bird Alamode Mode is our number one this year. And she's number one because of the fact as when uh, because of the fact. I'm getting sleepy now, guys. She's number one because of the fact that when I was writing out this list. There were multiple stories that I could have placed throughout this list. If I wanted to make this the 10 biggest influencer scandals of 2022 or 2021, we're not even in 2022 yet. Goodness. If I wanted to make this the 15, the 20, the 30, I could have just sprinkled in a Bird Alamode story for every number. Which, oh wait, this reminds me. Let's put in like a story a placeholder, like a 1.5 or whatever. The Freckles Fox divorce, that happened this year, right? That was insane. Richard Carmack is still being a freaking psycho on the internet. Anyway, go look into that or join our Facebook group. There's a lot of threads about it. Anyway, I should have put that as a number. My goodness. But let's talk about Bird Alamode. What a year. She had a crazy year. Her antics included being in, like, the weirdest barbecue ad ever. Like, for, like, I think it was barbecue sauce or barbecues itself. Like, the grill. Like, the machine. It was very odd. There was her forgetting to vaccinate her kids and, like, them, like, not being able to go to school. And then her, like, documenting that whole saga. There was her having, like, this weird feud with her neighbor and then, like, writing out, like, all of her notes, like, owning up to the feud and then posting them online. There was her a couple days ago letting her children play with gasoline and fire in Northern California in wildfire country. Letting them pour gasoline on the ground and light it on fire, her young little kids. There was her son just getting injured like two days ago with like the scope of a gun or something. I don't know how guns work and I don't want to know. But he got injured with a gun like 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 two days ago. There was her Vegas trip. Her Vegas trip where she went and I mean like go live your life. Have so much fun Bird Alamode. But just the content is just so puzzling and she's on people's shoulders and her like she's like not with her family which again go on girls trips. Do whatever you want you know. But just the influx of content was a so, so beyond. There, there could have been a story for, for every single week. There's 
her making like soup for some kind of like potluck thing and then like her kids hands are just like in the soup like mixing it with their hands and and this maybe this does get into the snark category because i think that there's a lot of stuff going on with her you know there's her dad like the stuff is coming into me not her dad her husband's dad moving in so okay the, technically this was 2020 it was christmas 2020 Guys, imagine if I used any of my brain space for anything else. I'm just like recalling this from memory. It was Christmas Day 2020. She wakes up, finds out that her housekeeper, who she claims was one of her only friends in the world, was murdered. Horrible. Like, And I think like murdered by her son or something. But I'm not going to bring the, the housekeeper into this. This is not her thing. May she rest in peace. So then Bird kind of loses it. As one would... In the stages of grief, she kind of loses it. Her father-in-law comes and moves in and is like, Shannon, bird a la mode, shmurd shmala shmode, is not well. Here's a list of things that Shannon needs to do and that people need to do for Shannon. And this is the kind of help that she needs to get in order to be a functioning human for her family and for not just for her family, but for her own mental health and sanity. And that, what, what a nice thing for her father-in-law to do. But her and her husband were posting the list that her father-in-law was giving to her of, like, things that she needed to do. Then, 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 there was this one time where she was on a flight. And again, when I say this one time, this is all in 2021. Where she's on a flight from New Jersey to Utah. And they, like, were delayed one hour... And she was claiming it was because, like, they weren't letting her kids sit together and something about a mask. Like, they thought that her husband, Dallin, wasn't wearing his mask, but he was wearing his mask. And then, like, this is what she said. She said, one hour was added to the flight um, with the whole mask debut. Debut? Um, it was definitely a typo on her end. Um, one hour spent circling, couldn't land for some reason. One hour spent in the runway, which also, like, people put this timeline together and they're like, that that doesn't make sense um she uh she like asked the flight attendant at some point like for a cliff bar because she saw them passing them out to other passengers um and she like claimed that they were trying to like purposefully like starve her family out and like target her family not feed them um she said uh after asking for a cliff bar, pressing the button, I got up and walked in the back. Then the flight attendant lost his mind. Then he got on the PA system and made an announcement about me. You cannot make this up. Delta needs to be notified. And she was saying that there was this whole thing and her husband, Dallin, was like being like attacked and like there was this whole mask debate. But then somebody made a comment and said, hi, Bird Alamode, I was on your flight and you and your family were completely insane. Your two children were sitting next to each other. So it was not each kid with a random stranger. And if I recall, you were the one that was yelling, um, nobody attacked you. Are you living in an alternate universe? So that was just like a Tuesday. That was just like a Tuesday in Bird Alamode's life. And then, of course, like, her, her, like, her kid got bit by a snake and then she, like, continued to pass that snake around, like, to the other kids and then film the whole thing. There was, like, also, like, when her kids, like, got bit by a raccoon, something like that. Like, there was just so freaking much. And then, like, every single day you could just pop on and see, like, her kids, like, 
covering themselves like in peanut butter or whatever. And like, and that's fine. Kids are kids and stuff. But just like the posting of it, which is just always like, you know, it's always sad. It's always sad. And I, I, I like, I do hesitate to say anything because I don't think everything is right and I should just be nice and I shouldn't mention anything, but this is just the stuff that's on the public internet. So I'm giving Bird All Mode the number one spot this year and probably every year until she pulls an acacia and logs off. I wish her happiness and health and she has cute kids and she's so beautiful and I just need her to let the father-in-law move in and just run game. He just needs to get in there, just get in there and run game for a little bit and get them all in a happy and healthy spot, you know? Anyway, that was it. What did I miss? DM me, comment. No, you know what? Don't DM me. Comment for the engagement purposes. Comment um, and let me know if I forgot anything. I'm sure I did. <laughs> I'm sure I did. Um, but those were the eight standouts to me. Uh, but anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary. Um, make sure to follow us on TikTok at, at I Just Want to Chat podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at, at I Just Want to Chat podcast. Join our Facebook group, I Just Want to Chat podcast. Last year, we did a Secret Santa and we've done a Secret Santa for the last four years. Should we do it again? I should probably put it together, huh? I'm just really busy. Should I take it on? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go join our Facebook group so then you could be a secret Santa to somebody and get a cool present back. Anyway, does does my microphone even pick up whispers? I don't know. This was like a $24 microphone. It's time for me to upgrade to a $30 microphone. Anyway, um, what else was I asking you guys to do? Go, uh to bloodybuddy.com bloodybuddycup.com and use the code wanna chat for 10% off of your menstrual cup go enjoy that period freedom um and we will see you next week with an exciting new 2021 countdown and also next week there's going to be a bonus episode with brandolyn hayes uh where we're going to talk about evermore you know how we did the folklore deep dive it's happening again this time we're talking about Evermore. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye.